0: good morning good afternoon good evening wherever you are on the planet um welcome to the first of our primer discussion series uh this is a a new thing that we're doing and for anyone who hasn't read the information below or is catching up maybe with a later one as we go along what we're going to do is each session we are going to discuss a chapter of this book uh, the Primer of the Zeta Race. That may be coming out backwards on uh, on the camera. but It
1: may not be. It too. may not
0: be. Who knows? <laughs> um, so we're going to start today with chapters one and two. And so the plan was that um, you guys listening will have read chapters one and two. And you've come armed with questions, observations, comments, or may- maybe you haven't. Um, but hopefully you have. And as we talk and go through... Uh, those two chapters. Um, You can write questions into the chat box. Now, to be able to use the chat box, if you've never done it before, you just have to be logged into your YouTube account. If you don't have a YouTube account, they're they're free uh, to create. So you just have to quickly nip off, do that, and then log on and come back on and find us. And then you can type in the chat box. Now, when you do type, please use um, Caps Lock. It makes it much, much easier for us to to see your questions, mm. I guess the first question is. Um, hopefully, there's uh, apparently we've got five people watching at the moment. Can you just let us know in the chat box if you can hear us okay? Because we're using a, a new microphone today and a new uh, system, so maybe you could just give us a thumbs up or a yes in that chat box in the next few minutes. That would be really helpful. So. Okay, the Primer of the Zeta Race uh, was originally written in 2012, mm,
2: 13.
0: Yeah, funny. and it's based on information that was um, given through uh, Paul. Brilliant. Somebody says you can. Oh, Great. Thank natural. you very much. <laughs> that we appreciate. Thank that. Um Debbie. The process that the Zetas use with Paul is uh, not like working in a trance state with spirits. It's not like our or mental mediumship. It's not channeling. It's not even like um, telepathy. It's uh, a whole completely unique process. That that process enabled the writing of all of this lot. Um, the information was collated by uh, now retired scientist uh, William, who did and that book and that book, an epic job of putting all the information pages. together. And. Uh, Chapter one starts with a little bit about um, how William experienced the uh, communications from the Zetas. Mm. But I wanted to start with because it seems logical to grill Paul.
1: No, I'm yeah, grilled.
0: about how he actually got to the point to enable all of that lot plus more. Because this is a, this is edition fourteen. Uh, edition seventeen is like probably another that plus all of that. And then all the subsequent communications we've had, because this book is largely based on information from a two-year period. Edition 17, which is what we're up to now, um, does include a little bit more recent information, but not much. Um, Could you tell us what it was like for you going through development to enable this information? You see, for me, I always had you to talk to. Thank God, because you need someone to talk to. But you never had anybody. So just maybe spend a few minutes and... I I
1: actually don't... I I think it's really important that uh, everybody understands that their development is based around the the years that you develop. It's not just having some massive awakening and then suddenly Mm. you just know things or you're channeling or, or whatever. That's really um non-evidential and also problematic on on so many levels Um, your guides will always uh, test you under every circumstance and so when you're developing or when i'm developing
2: Mm.
1: um it's it's a minute by minute proposition as to uh, how well you're going and if they see that you're not functioning correctly, if they see that you're highly ungrounded, which you do get, there's plenty of times where you are ungrounded, if they see that you are struggling, they'll wait for you to find balance within yourself until they start giving you more tests. Now, years ago, I did say to the Zetas when they came, I didn't want to work with them. I didn't trust extraterrestrials, Mm -hmm. Um, I didn't even know who they were anyway, but they told me that they would evidence themselves in ways that was meaningful to me. And I thought, well, that's really important because so many people just accept any type of communication from any being. The beings tell them everything that they want to hear um, and then never really deliver any of the uh, promises that they make. So I was doing the, um, you know, what people would call trance or channeling. And uh, I wasn't confident in what I was doing at all. I realized I had a lot to learn. And as with all uh, people that are doing trance, not channeling, but trance work, there's always some part of you that's part of your trance work. And as you get older or as you trance more and do more work, less and less of you comes forward, you start to acknowledge in yourself uh, that you have in some way actually been part of your trance Mm -hmm. process. And as the years go on, it becomes less and less and less. That's the only way to really learn because once they start making statements and predictions, you have to hold them to it. If you've got spirit people coming to you or me And they're telling me things and they never eventuate. That's a really big problem because basically you've been compromised. Your, your ability to connect to beings has been compromised and the beings know that as well. And your guides know that. So for me, I just said to them, listen, just land a craft. Um, that was it. And somebody asked them if they would, they said they would. And as people know, we had a whole lot of people there when it happened. Mm But they've done that a few times since then and we've only had a few people there when it happened uh, because I continually want to evidence their contact because I would suggest that just because you get contact with a being doesn't mean it's always going to be the same being that tries to come and speak to you. Mm -hmm. And so you need to set up what's called a two-factor authentication process or a process whereby you get to know who they are and then you ask them to continually evidence that, so it was confronting and difficult. And I'm not saying it was uh easy and just you know, flowed and all the rest of it. Uh, there were days where I just gave up, and uh, as uh, I've often thought, if you don't feel like giving up, then you're not getting anywhere at all. So hmm. I think that's been probably clear. I guess maybe hmm. I'm not sure,
0: yeah. Well. We'll go, we'll go with that, shall we' We'll go with that. shall We'll go with that'll go with that. All right, so um, I'll just add um, in to supplement the information in chapter one. Um, if you've ever uh, been in a sitting with us when Paul is in a trance or altered state with the zetas and they're speaking, um, you'll you'll notice quite quickly that they they don't really uh, speak in the way humans are used to talking. It's a very formal uh, way of speaking. They use um, the English language in its most literal form. Um, they might not necessarily use um, like the word light bulb for a light. They might say a light-admitting device or something. They don't understand... Um,
1: colloquialisms.
0: Colloquialisms. I can't even say that word. They don't understand abbreviations. They... They won't know of authors, unless there's been some discussion previous, but it's very limited um, about known concepts and conspiracy Mm -hmm. theories, things like that. So we have to speak to them in a very um, careful, constructed and concise way. Um, They will often just leave halfway through discussions because they deemed to have answered questions before. Uh, To people, it doesn't matter to them if those people were a completely different set of people to the people listening now. They sometimes forget that we don't have access to uh, collective information like they do. They they're very used to once one being knows something, all beings can know that information if they need to know it. Whereas humans can't quite do that yet, (laughs) Um, although we're on the on the way to hopefully um, having that level of uh, access to well, a collective consciousness, a, but a not at of, the moment.
1: A lot of people are contacted in their dreams. That, yeah. That's the thing.
0: Yeah,
1: And they're not going to have the same type of contact. Mm. They may be having strong contact, but not the same type. And then how do you work out what is being said?
2: Mm. Because
1: if they're interacting with your subconscious mind or your dream state, they're putting in there all of the abstract imagery. Your subconscious is putting in the abstract imagery as well
0: and filling in all the a- and banks.
1: filling in all the gaps and then mm-hmm. of course next thing you know you're in a dream and you're chasing a, a flying saucer and you may be crying because they, you think you've been dumped on the planet and in the morning you wake up and you go what's all that about mm-hmm. I mean what is that all about
0: mm-hmm. you know, so all right well let, let's let's uh, let's just skip to touch up to chapter two chapter two and <laughs> chapter two. Chapter two. Um, which is all about the race. So let's start at the beginning, Chapter 2, about the Zeta race. So what have they told us about their home planet?
1: Well, the best that they gave us was that um, the uh, Zeta reticulum was a space that they would acknowledge that they actually understood. So they gave that as being a bearing on where they would have been or would be. Mm -hmm. I say would have a lot of them have now moved out in, into craft and uh, live in you know a whole lot of other places permanently
2: residing permanently on craft.
1: residing on craft yeah permanently residing on other planets mm-hmm. um, named planets as well mm-hmm. and so I think I think that they because it's difficult to understand humans at best that that's the thing right mm-hmm. They've come up with ways of of sort of giving us information. I'll give you an example. So we asked them what one plus one was, and they said it was one. And Mm -hmm. somebody said, no, it's two. They said, well, why? And they go, well, if you have one and then you add another one to it, it's two. They said, well, what about if you had one glass of water and you poured the other glass of water into the glass? How many glasses do you have? The person said one. And they said... There you go, there's there's the answer. And so straight away we realised that we had a problem because any time we wanted to talk about maths to them from, from you know, their perspective, mm. they had a completely different understanding of uh, how, how to discuss maths. And that discussion went on for an hour. But in regards to the planet, there's so much to the planet. Imagine trying to mm. uh, discuss the planet Earth. Well, the planet Earth has mountains and rivers and trees and cities and people, but that's not really the planet Earth. There's a lot of things on the Earth. There's millions of species, insects and ants and animals and there's humans. And then if you talk about the uh, Zeta home planet, you, you go, well, how, how big is that? What Well, what is it? What's on it? You know, is... Um, you live in a cavernous environment. They have um, these specially crafted sleeping or living areas. They have facilities for building craft. Mm. They have uh, technology that can maturate bodies, their own bodies, uh, their children's bodies. Uh, they have uh, right about
0: where they grow the, the yeah, plants.
1: all of the, all of the food that's required for the, for all of the beans. The learning areas as well, the transportation uh, mechanisms where they move from one place to the other, where the craft uh, exit and enter into the physical planet's uh, uh, areas as well. Um, I mean, there's got to be medical facilities. We know some people talk about the alien box phenomenon. I've seen this uh, technology where uh, they store Consciousness as well. So, if a child is injured, mm. that child's consciousness is placed there until the physical body that of the child is regrown and maturated, and then the child can re-enter its form as well. Mm. There's lots of reasons for that.
0: Yeah, um, we've been told about communal areas for them, haven't we? Where they yeah. there's these there are these kind of really tall structures which. Serve to kind of enhance their own natural telepathic um, abilities. Yeah, it's interesting.
1: Place. So, if you've ever gone to a big, um, sort of shopping mall, mm-hmm. there may be a central area where it's really open, and you see people walking through, they may have chairs there, they're sitting down drinking coffee. But this, this, this central complex, um, on one of the planets is so big. You can't see the other end. Mm. And in the middle of it are these very long towers. Uh, and these towers are used for amplification for telepathic ability. Just because a being is telepathic doesn't mean that their telepathy is able to be extended at certain distances. Quite often, like any signal, it needs to be um, amplified. Amplified. Hmm. Yeah.
0: Yeah. All right. If you have questions or want us to expand on anything we say, just type it in, okay? Otherwise, we're just going to keep talking. <laughs> um, background 2.1. They they gave us information, didn't they, about yeah. uh, kind of the, the history.
1: Hap- yeah, and what happened to the planet. Yeah. They were saying that um, initially, there was a war many, many, many generations ago between themselves and a reptilian race. Mm. Probably something like the Draconians or something like I that. I think they named them, didn't
0: yeah.
1: they? Yeah, uh, For the race, it was really difficult to make that decision because they had technologies to defend themselves, but they never really ever want to take a life. That's always a mm. decision that's probably one of the hardest things that they'll ever do. And so they had to make a collective decision where all beings on that planet agreed that they had to defend themselves. And the problem with that was um, that they waited until the destruction occurred because they were never really sure that the destruction was going to happen. Mm. And that's a timeline uh, problem.
2: Yeah.
1: So they say that um, somebody asked them if they have peace between themselves and reptilians. And they said that peace is a tenuous word, isn't it? That peace, sometimes there is an unsteady truth between races. And um, I see Christopher has a uh, question. Can the Zetas speak telepathically in different languages? They can speak telepathically to you in their own language. And when it comes into your mind, it will be converted into the language that you speak. Mm -hmm. There you go. Yeah. All right. So the Zitas actually ended up developing technologies and forming alliances with other races as well. And that means that there was the development of the Council of Nine. And I know that a lot of people say that they, count, they channel the Council of Nine. I would suggest that if you can channel the Council of Nine, then you've got nine good reasons to be asking for nine different craft to mm. land on this planet and evidence that. And if you know anybody that's saying that they are channeling the councils of six, seven, eight and nine,
0: or the first question that should
1: come out of your mouth is, great, when are they going to land and prove who they are? It won't happen. Watch what happens. It won't happen, and this is because a lot of people will refuse to acknowledge that they're only talking from their subconscious mind. That's just the way it is. Yeah. And until humans learn about this, especially with the current level of disclosure that's going to happen or trying to happen, uh, the other races out there are watching this. Humans just believing anything that they're told. Then you know anyone that talks to them, any being that comes to them mm. uh, isn't evidencing themselves. Even spirits yeah. should evidence themselves to people. But of course, so if you are talking to anyone that's channeling, ask those questions. Yeah. Can you evidence yourself uh, or have yes. you ever evidenced yourself in a way uh, that there were other people around when the person was channeling? Mm. And you may be surprised to find that there's been no real mm. evidence at all.
0: The, the genuine beings working with, with humans with the best of intentions have absolutely no problem in evidencing who they yep. are. They don't mind being challenged. They understand why they're being challenged and they expect to be challenged yep. because, of course, it shows that we're really thinking about what we're doing, which many people don't.
1: You know, interestingly, they say that the uh, their home planet has no moons mm. and that also... Um, it takes about a 1,020 years for their planets to, to do a complete elliptical orbit of their system. How That's many? 1,020.
0: That's
1: interesting. Yeah, whereas yeah. Um, this planet is 365 days.
0: That gives you an so indication of size. We're
1: zipping around quite quickly. But then again, they have an elliptical orbit as well. And that elliptical orbit means that they um, get hardly any light on planet as well. Very dim. Mm, yep. So clothing is optional, and that's the other thing. Um, I guess from what I've been seen when I've been there, nobody had uh, a need for wearing any clothing uh, except myself, and uh, they for them it's just normal and natural. It's actually uh, different to actually put on, any type of ceremonial cloak.
0: There, there are specific reasons why yeah. they wear, they may wear uh, a garment, um, but generally they, they, they do not, and they wouldn't just do so uh, casually, although that's the wrong word to use. In their everyday uh, existence, they would not normally wear clothing.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, so, well, next one's biology. Wow. This is really interesting, this one.
0: It is very interesting um they don't they don't have bones for a start they don't have uh bones like we do they they have um a cartilage a a a material a biological material similar to cartilage um which is actually bendy (laughs) um they don't have bones um they don't have the same blood uh, it's no. copper-based,
1: right? Yeah, they have
0: Yeah.
1: So that's a, that carrier uh, for the um, copper-based blood process uh, is utilised in a different way. Uh, that's mm-hmm. what they've told us. And also their heart has three chambers, not four.
0: And it's not in the same relative location as yeah. the human heart either. Right. It's uh, much lower down.
1: So they've only got about... I don't know, I haven't counted them, but probably about four or five main organs, and those organs are a little bit atrophied in some respects because Mm. they no longer um, consume food through their mouths as
0: well. So they they have the the remnants of a a digestion, internal digestion process, but it's no longer used.
1: Well, they they do use the clear liquid, don't they?
0: Yeah, but they rub it on there.
1: They rub it on on the skin. Imagine that, getting out of bed in the morning, I've got a glass of water. Look at that. I've Ooh. had breakfast. All done. Done. Oh, That'll be good. awesome. Yeah. Great. Don't
0: have to worry about Although I'd be
1: a bit worried about how am I going to eat pizza.
0: Yeah, maybe it comes in pizza flavour It's
1: liquid like, yeah, pizza <laughs> flavoured liquid. <Ooh. laughs>
0: but that talking of uh, biology, they're they're essentially vegan. Um they the uh the zetas do not uh eat meat or any meat products. Um, and they don't even have the ability to digest um, any anything like that at all. It's just so so far gone. That it's all gone for them. Um, and the uh, the plant life that they do consume, it's all um, the the fruits of the plant. So what the plant naturally gives in its life cycle. So for us, equipment would be like uh, tomatoes or beans off a plant and nuts that come off the plant. There's
1: is a question there. Do they have strength, mu- which means muscles, in their arms and legs?
0: They're extraordinarily strong.
1: I know, as I found out firsthand. Yeah, yeah.
0: which is, uh, yeah, given how willowy they can look, um, they're very strong. Absolutely. Mm. Yeah. C- can I just make a little um, uh, a plea? Please put your questions all in capital letters. It makes us easier to, to spot. Thank you.
1: All right, so th- there's a lot more information in regards to that all the way through the books, but the next thing is uh, 2.3, The Collective.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And so basically um, they would have just been a normal, whatever normal it's type society many hundreds of thousands of generations ago. Mm-hmm. And even at some point they may have held their consciousness in a way in technology the way that humans do. But some of the, uh, we have to talk about the governance, the governmental processes of the race. They don't actually have a leader and they don't have leaders, but they have elders. And the elders, there are many, many elders per race. Mm. 63 races, say there's 700 elders per race. You can do the maths. (laughs) Those elders, when they are working towards uh, making an agreement, have to agree. On everything before that information is then disseminated out into the rest of the uh, race.
0: Have they ever said if um, the number of elders is is uh, purposefully limited?
1: No, they haven't. But that's just what that was the number. You yeah. see, remember once again the maths. The maths is always a problem. Mm. This is a discussion that we were having before. Mm. If for us. 1 second is 10 seconds for them and they move a craft from here to here it takes 10 seconds for them but for us it's only 1 second mm. when they try to do the comparative maths an even 1 to 10 ratio won't be correct yeah then of course the maths that they give us is not going to be correct either
0: it's always approximate
1: it's always an approximate
0: mm. process
1: and so then they decided some of the elders that they would try to form a consensus Reality as humans do, especially when they're doing things like the, uh, uh, the Monroe Institute training. They were more successful in uh holding the collective consciousness uh, than they initially thought they would be, and they realized that they were able to create a sustained collective consciousness uh, as a group of beings. From their perspective, they felt that the technology that they were incarnating in and out of, Mm. just the same as humans, wasn't effective anymore. And they decided that after, and who knows how long this took, that they would move from their form into this new collective consciousness that they had created. And they called that the Hive Mind Process.
0: Or Collective Consciousness.
1: Uh, If they die, Trish asks, if they die and are an elder, do they still become an elder when they move to a new container? They may not even choose to uh, move to a new container. So they may leave the physical form and they're not dying. Zetas don't die. So basically they go, oh, this physical form, this container uh, isn't working anymore. They just step out of it and move into the hive mind or the consensus reality. And then what happens is they'll only really come back and populate a physical form if required. So they could be in that hive mind for many, many years, thousands of years. And then one day another race turns up and they want to speak to that being that elder may then just step back into a, uh, a maturated form, a container, and then be in that three dimensional space to speak mm. to that race, whether, whether it be humans or the Anunnaki or, or any race whatsoever. So yes, they will always be an elder and just because an elder passes doesn't mean that they don't hold that designation from a, a consciousness function. Alrighty.
2: Mm
1: -hmm. Uh, we've talked about the collective mind. Mm -hmm. Okay. Let's talk about reproduction.
0: Yeah. Um, well, they, they don't, uh, do what humans do, <laughs> um, and and they never did really. Um, although they, oh goodness, their biology after they um, developed or evolved from the the plant life that they originally were after many goodness knows how many millions and billions of years, they did have an appendage, uh, and there there was a you know there was a, a, a an insertion process, but not not in the same way as as, as a human at all. Um, but that process was, uh, they, they, they evolved from that process also. It's called and now procreation. It's <laughs> yeah. They, they now is pure uh, maturated form, yeah. which I think takes them about three months, doesn't it? Uh,
1: yes, it does take three months, but yeah. the maturation is done within a technology. Yeah. Uh, once a child is uh, uh, embedded into a container, They are a child for around eighty Earth years.
0: Yeah, yeah, and they they are fully maturated. Is that the correct term? Or born to about
1: uh, I think it's between eight and ten year old physical size. They're not. Yeah. They're not born like you know this high.
0: They're not like babies. They they don't come out. They come out fully formed and off to school pretty damn quickly <laughs> and school is an interesting process for them. You know, that, that,
1: you know yeah. that they have three days to acclimate towards being fed mm. and then they are sent to the learning environment. I
2: know. Three yeah. days. <laughs> Think
1: about that. You're born and then three days straight to school. Perfect mm. situation.
0: Very right. interesting. but ha- I mean, they create the child by taking uh, the DNA from, from the uh, parents. Yeah. Uh, so DNA from the parents male equivalent and DNA from the female equivalent. Not that there's any biological distinction, it's the distinction is loosely based in consciousness.
1: Uh, And also if a child is uh, injured in any way and the technology can't heal the the damage of an arm that may be too severely damaged, they just take the child's consciousness and place it into technology and then just re-maturate the physical form of the child.
0: Yeah, and the child knows nothing about the fact that they weren't in physical form. Yeah. It's a seamless process for them.
1: Seamless. Mm. Interestingly, when uh, humans are on craft, that technology is used to hold the...
0: Either the consciousness of the human yeah. or of the extraterrestrial. Or of the
1: extraterrestrial. Yeah. So a lot of people have, uh, have reported holding a box in their hand, like the, the size of a packet of, matches or something Mm, and And, it feels
0: very precious and it's very
1: precious to them. And Mm. this is because if they're hybrids and they're in symbiotic relationship, so they're a spirit person and an ET mind, which is one mind, but they go on to craft, they go into separation. And so one of those consciousness is placed into this technology, the box. Mm. And that's because if you go onto a craft and you're an extraterrestrial hybrid, you may want to speak to the beings of your race as yourself. So that you'll put the portion of your consciousness, which is human into the box and then be who you truly are. Or the other way around is, is if they want to communicate with the human consciousness, the extraterrestrial portion will go into the technology.
0: Yeah, it's very interesting. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Being on craft is very interesting. Sure is. (laughs) Right um they talk about how does their society operate um they do not like humans have a hierarchical structure mm. uh, whereby they determine what is to take place to um as a group and all beings in the race have free will but generally when you're in service to others even if you may not fully agree with the situation you will uh, end up agreeing because it's the best yeah. for the group.
0: they take the whole picture, not, not the uh, not the individuals uh, not the individual picture, yes.
1: And on page 33 of the book it does say that um, they remain, the elders remain in the collective consciousness, and only come back into the physical form when required, and so it is a decision based on the need to have an elder present as to whether or not they will need to be in the physical. And that's a very important point. You could relate that back to the oversoul and spirit realm. Why doesn't the oversoul incarnate? Mm. Because it doesn't need to. Yeah. Unless there's a reason, it'll incarnate some probably political or historical figure. Uh, you know, at that point in time that they're not historical, mm-hmm. but that could be that they want to perform a function <clears throat> such as Christ consciousness. And then that Christ figure is born. So it's the same type of process really. Um, Mm. do they sleep? Well, they say that they would sleep every seven of our cycles, which is once every seven days. And I think it's probably only for a very, very short time. Mm. And when I had a look at this is, was there any other animals on planet that do this? It turned out that dolphins do this. What they do is when they sleep, they let one of the hemispheres of their brains sleep while the other one's awake. And then they swap them over the Zetas, do the same process. Mm. And also there happens to be um, another type of species on this planet that has hemiocyanin as well. And if you look that up, you'll find out what that is. How interesting.
0: Octopuses, isn't it?
1: It's mollusks.
0: Oh, mollusks. Oh, okay. All right.
1: Um, so they then, uh, we're going through what age do, um, that they start going to school. And as we said, yay from when they're born. Um, <laughs> so they have within, uh, three to five days and then within a short time, they start their lessons.
0: And how long do their lessons last?
1: Uh, well, days, days.
0: <laughs> days and days. Um,
1: and so there's basically in the school room, if there is a room and I have been to one of them, there would be thousands of, um, mm. uh, um, these extraterrestrial, um, full extraterrestrial, not human hybrids or whatever, but full extraterrestrial Zetas in the learning center. And, um, the lessons actually are very, very technical and scientific. Mm. Uh, how many hours is in a day I've got no idea how many hours is in a day I yeah. don't
0: know I think day is a is a, is a earth relative. concept yeah. because we have the sun come up and then the sun goes down they they don't have that there so and they don't abide by a time process either so yeah. if a lesson takes what we would refer to as three days may, maybe they're suggesting a a, 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 a number of cycles that we can relate to. But for them, it would just be less and start, less end, and that's how long it took.
1: And that could be four or five birthdays. Yeah. And considering they only have to sleep once a week, that's fine. Yeah,
0: they can just From keep going. From their perspective, going.
1: yeah, <laughs> just keep going. Yeah, Ooh, learning. God. Imagine learning how to build craft, mm. how to embed technology, how to do... Yeah, multi-dimensional travel. It would be the greatest classroom in the universe.
0: Yeah, yeah. And they only have one one teacher for all these thousands of, yeah. of uh, zeta children as well. Actually,
1: it's interesting because on um, where was it?
0: Ooh, I'm getting dizzy as you scroll yeah, up and dizzy. down that screen. I'm
1: one of the <laughs> Not look st- up crap. the top here <laughs> was it said, "I am a teacher, philosophy." I think it was. Mm. Yeah. But uh, I I like the way that the Zetas have put their information together in the book because we were never allowed to change the way that they spoke. So even though a a sentence may have looked uh, distorted or wrong, we were never allowed to change it. And Mm. they said that's because there's specific energy in every sentence. And you may read it um, one way and then a year later you read it again and it means something completely different to you because you've grown in frequency and so the energy of the words in the books that are free yeah uh, um grow with you yeah so quite often i'll read the books myself and go wow that's changed
0: yeah that's that's why i was really um kind of keen to do this because i haven't read the book for about five years so god knows how many edition updates there's been in that time anyway but um Yeah, I mean, uh, for anyone watching, if you don't have uh, a copy of this book, it's free to download off our website and the direct link for it, PDF document, is in the um, YouTube information, wherever that is, whether it's down there or maybe that, who knows, it's down there somewhere. But if you haven't got it, you just follow that link and you'll get it.
1: just going to read it from a laptop for a second because it says, they're talking about souls, Mm. spirit souls, and they say, the nature of the soul is its own understanding its own container and understands that by its own nature it belongs to a class of energies these class of energies remain as a whole form one entity but broken into many forms many existences yeah so saying this a being is able to incarnate into many states of being in many realms so
0: they're talking about the oversoul process yeah, coming yeah, down yeah. into are these uh, facets. Uh, yep. Each facet, of course, being the higher self of a of a human. Yep. We have a question. Uh, uh, how go on, do it. How does a Your zeta
1: youngen choose its function? Mm. Interesting. So, interestingly, uh, parents have a leaning towards a specific uh, role. So, let's say that um, the zeta parents are geneticists, right? When they create their child and the other couple create their child, if they're geneticists or scientists, the match will be that the the two Zetas when they grow up, will then um, be working in the same field. And because they have a genetic leaning towards uh, an understanding of a process, they will ultimately uh, work in that field because of their genetics.
0: It's kind of similar, really, isn't it, to how we often hear humans, you know, somebody's a doctor and you find out that their mum was a doctor and or their dad was a doctor and or, you know, sometimes you have whole generational lines of policemen or policewomen. You but know. don't
1: you think, though, that a lot of humans uh, uh, will try and do a whole lot of different jobs looking for a vocation Mm. that suits them. Whereas the Zetas bypass that process and what they do is they just know what they have a natural acclimation towards for themselves.
0: I'm just going to respond to NSA Key. Yes, we can see your comment and it's lovely to have you with us.
1: And we expect lots of questions. Right? <laughs> yeah,
0: get your questions here <laughs> in caps lock so
1: we can uh, read them. <laughs> so, beyond being human, uh, Michael, hello. Uh, do they have anything like a Bible or a teaching document? Um, um, they have like no, the
0: Ten Commandments. They have also. no
1: religious constructs, they have um, documentation that belongs in a. Um, I'll give you an example. So this is where humans are going, right? So with the uh, current AI, it's going to develop a library of information about society, culture, politics, protocols, humanity, human species. And at some point, that that massive range of data will be placed somewhere and possibly into um, quantum computer system. And the AI will manage all of the data as well. Well, the Zetas already have this. And so from their perspective, when they want to uh, find out something, they connect to that. um, They call it a biological entity. Mm -hmm. That biological entity is this uh, massive computer system, but they don't call it a computer system. Uh, that is run on um, components, as would be, imagine yourself as being a, um, a human being, your physical body is an electrical body, but based in cells, right? And um, your body holds the capacity to convert light. And your body also holds the capacity to store energy and electrons. And so does that massive biological Entity that the Zetas have uh, as a representation of all of the data and information that they have for their race.
0: Do you think they class that as an IA?
1: No, an IA is actually underneath or before that. So we're currently in an in human form looking at the AI. Mm. The next one's going to be the IA, and the IA is the sentient uh, response to the AI sentient being that it understands that it is self-aware. The next step after that, and that's going to take many years to develop will be the, uh, embedded cognitive functions that are performed, not by taking the human mind and placing it in quantum computing systems. That's just a replication of patterns of the mind consciousness, but by the, uh, IA, moving itself into the next step.
0: And I'm going to run off and find my paintbrushes out and, and what, paint <laughs> keep away from the science stuff. That, yeah. um, there's a question uh, from NSOQ. Uh,
1: with, with a, a collective yeah. consciousness, what purpose do schools serve for the Zetas? Children, mm. young Zetas are not allowed to enter into the collective consciousness because their consciousness is considered still to be a rudimentary form and they do not hold the control that is required to be in a collective consciousness. It's the same as if, and this is drawing a long bow, but it's the same as if the the difference between uh, somebody who's saying remote viewing and has been doing it for many years or somebody who's doing remote viewing on the first day the way that they receive the information may be completely different.
2: Mm.
1: And so the Zetas have to have these teaching facilities for their children so that the children learn how to control the functions of telepathy, uh, how to understand multidimensional gateways. It's not. And also the beings are not always uh, connected to the hive mind. they are often uh, in a singular form and they can telepathically speak to each other, but they generally do not access the collective mind, which is the hive mind, mm-hmm. unless there is a requirement to do so. Yeah. Um, you also asked Do the Zetas have any activities for fun and leisure? Um, there is no fun and there is no leisure. Yeah. Okay, (laughs) but in saying that... Let's
0: put that into perspective. Let's put
1: that into context. If I'm uh, walking through one of the Zeta's um, corridors and there'll be um, a little alcove, yeah, and in the alcove will be some technology that is a resonant type uh, uh, frequency. It'll be sitting on a, a pedestal or a stand and if you walk up towards it, it will interact with Mm. you because it's inanimate, animate technology. It's AI technology. You may then through a holographic internal telepathic experience, be, uh, enjoying walking through the woods. Okay. So when we use to have fun or leisure, we have a different, we may go for a walk Mm. in the forest but even our humans will find as they have now and in the near future that people will put on their uh, headsets mm. and plug into the AI and be taken on many, many different journeys uh, and leisure for humans is also about to change as well.
0: Mm. Isn't it? Star Trek
2: style.
1: Everything's about <laughs> to change. It's going to be very interesting mm. to see how people uh, cope with the change. Mm. All right, and we are looking at the grid. And the grid, as far as Zeta is concerned, there is a communication grid right through uh, the universe. But the grid that specifically relates to this planet is known as basically what we could class as the quanta grid. And the quanta grid means that for anything to form in consciousness, it needs to have the blueprint of how to form. Mm. And so the Zetas have described to us about a process called the grid, where all things take place that either need to be developed or communication methods need to travel on that as well. John says, uh, how close do you think that we are in months or years to a collective consciousness being realized?
0: Being realized awesome
1: question. Mm-hmm. Awesome questions. Good questions from everybody. Well, the collective consciousness of the human race exists and it's, uh, growth, it's growing all the time and it's growing exponentially quickly at this point. Mm-hmm. All thoughts that have ever been had by all beings on this planet exists now within the astral. When people astral travel, they go in and can experience all of the dimensions, all the interdimensional stuff and all of the thought forms that exist. The Zetas and other races are, if you've seen our other video, are in spheres around the uh, planet and these spheres are able to be populated. And what they do is they hold the undulating form of the consciousness in the astral in focus because they see that. For whatever reason, now, who who really knows what the catalyst is? But this species has jumped from whatever we were years ago to now very, very quickly. The last 40 or 50 years, something has happened. Previous to that, the growth of civilizations has been much slower. It's very steady. Very steady, whereas now we've had this acceleration. Think about where we are now and how fast this is we are moving into this catalyst state, this state where we're going to get into this hyper state of learning, a hyper state of development. And so who knows how long it's going to be. They say that the singularity, well, Kurtzweiler was saying that the singularity was in uh, 2045. I listened to him the other day. He believes it's earlier. Uh, it even could be something like uh 2036, I believe. Could be wrong. That's fine. Don't quote me. So the point is, that's not necessarily a collective consciousness where all people are aware of that. But if you used the technology and were plugged into it Mm. the same way you put on a headset and are plugged into a movie, you would then have more awareness of what was going on. Mm. They're talking about quite openly embedding technology into humans as well within the six, next six years, and so for people that are wanting to do that, that's that's up to them as well. So who knows when the collective consciousness is going to be something that you'll be able to just access, access or or I was yeah. say plug yourself into. I
0: guess we can access it already in its rudimentary form. You know, yeah, people by astral that, travel. Yeah, yeah, like uh, purposefully astral travel um, have yeah. got access to it, but what 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 they're actually having access to and how much sense it makes and how it could be relied upon at this point.
1: Mm-hmm. I don't know. Well, I think everybody has choice, Trish, in regards to how to avoid the embedding. Um, that's, a, that's a question that only an individual can answer, uh, and you'll learn about that in the future. So, the last the last part is about the activities of the Zetas on planet, and then we're coming to the end of chapter two. Um, that is probably one of the biggest areas, I would suggest. Um, we have had some discussion with the Zetas where they talk about hybrids as nodes, and not just Zeta hybrids as nodes, but mm. all hybrids from all races as nodes. And these nodes, as, um, you would imagine the, an internet, uh, structure, um, are receiving points for information. And so it looks like that, uh, there's a lot of, uh, work taking place by hybrids, but unknown to them, mm. they're not consciously aware of this. They could just be living a normal life, uh, as, as a human, but in some way in a higher state be um sending information about their daily life back to races. Uh, what is it like to interact with uh, humans at a specific level, depending on your construct, your personality? And these millions and millions and millions of nodes, as they call them, are constantly 24 hours a day of human time sending information back to their races as well uh and i guess in some ways it now that goes towards the fact that you can sometimes feel that you are being observed or observing yourself mm. it's a very interesting area uh probably would go for a lot longer than another 60 seconds <laughs> so unless there are more questions i'd suggest that we uh yeah
0: finished. maybe we've come to the end of chapter we've come two, to the end yeah.
1: of chapter 2 chapter 3
0: Hang on, let me see what we chapter believe. Three chapter is.
1: three will be um, next week. Let's have a look. The models of communication and
0: maybe we should do chapter three and chapter. Yeah, we we week. will we will we'll do we'll
1: yeah. do a couple of them. Th- maybe three, four, and five. Or... Three
0: of them? Oh my god!
1: Well, it just depends how big they are, doesn't it?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. We'll do. We'll try and do three, four, and five. Okay. Let's do that.
1: Let's have a look. Um, uh, we are actually doing uh, four, five, and six.
0: What happened to three? Three. <laughs> three. You'll just have to isn't read it end. for yourself,
1: <laughs> unless there's questions about it. Right. But that's what's been said. So. I
0: should get like a little auction hammer going. One auction hammer going twice, going three times. Okay. Ooh, here comes a question. Thank. Oh no, it's no. not a question. It's a comment.
1: NSA, thanks Whoa. so much. No, guys. there is a
0: question. How
1: are consciousness, how, how, uh, how consciousness, how conscious are the nodes that they are performing this function here? I would suggest that on some level a person knows that this is happening to them, Mm. but it's what we've found out and uh, through my own development with contacting the Zetas, the races do not come to their own, if a person is seen to be ungrounded. And the reason is because the mind has the capacity to copy and mirror anything that you're given, any information. If they see that you, or a person becomes unsteady in regards to receiving information, and that the mind has taken over in channeling or producing information, they will step back. So quite often a hybrid or a node, depending on their level of how grounded they are, will determine uh, of their function as well.
0: Determine and, the level of contact. Yeah, and the,
1: and the level of contact as well. And most people, I would suggest 90 whatever percent of people will only ever, ever achieve dream state contact. You may see a light in the sky or whatever, but that's as close that's ever going
0: to come. If if it's a if it extraterrestrial
1: crop. Your, your race as well.
0: Um, one last quick question. Do we share the same DNA as the Zeta? No. No, no. absolutely not. The Zeta's no. DNA
1: is based um in an eight eight-level matrix.
0: An octagonal.
1: An octagonal one. Yeah. I and they actually the gave us some of the information and So I think the nucleotide mm. sequence uh, for humans is at four.
2: Oh, don't ask me.
1: Don't ask you. We need, yeah, we I need know, somebody it. who's a geneticist. Yeah. The Zetas is completely different and unable to be uh, uh, embedded within human species, which is a good thing. It yeah. doesn't mean that other races can't. It just means the Zetas doesn't. Different, different physical structure as well. All right. I've okay. enjoyed today. Have yeah, you? Yeah, yeah, I have
0: actually. All right, right. so chapters three, four, and five, same time next
1: week. All right. Okay. So this is the primer of the Zeta Race teaching series, (laughs) and we will uh, enjoy seeing you again next week at the same time. Thank you very much.
0: Thank you. Bye.